The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger, and uh, we are back for another uh, look at the London Baptist Confession, and this time we are on Article 5, Divine Providence, and uh, we're excited to jump into this, especially since, uh, Roger, this was uh, the topic that we kicked off our podcast with, if you remember, a long time ago. I don't remember. You don't remember. <laughs> I, I had to look it up, but I, I realized that was the, the not the first intro one, but the first content episode. Uh-huh. The first two were on, on Providence, and let's see if we got anything wrong. We'll have to figure that out. I'm probably going to contradict everything we said on the first episode with we, the confession now. We may have to delete it, you mean? Yeah, I mean, when you don't have confession, you just make everything on the go, right? That's uh, sort of true. <laughs> <laughs> There it is, a plug for confessions. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, you're just making it all up. Okay, well, before we jump in, though, Roger, uh, you have been doing some conferencing lately. Uh, you were at a conference. Was it in Philly? Where were you? North Carolina? Actually, I don't even remember where you were. Last year was North Carolina. This time, Philadelphia. Actually, oh, okay. not in Philadelphia, Hershey, Pennsylvania. So I flew back from Philadelphia. Wait, wait. You were in Hershey, Pennsylvania. We were in the sweetest place. The sweetest place in America. Earth. I think that's what the sign said okay. when I was leaving it. Did, <laughs> did, did you get a chance to go to the factory? and? I went to Hershey World, okay. but it was later in the day, so they were closed, except I went uh, during like a lunch break. We had a couple hours, wow. so I went to the Hershey store to buy some limited edition only sold their candy for my kids so. wow pretty so, cool yeah it was fun okay so there it is hershey's um now you were there not to get chocolate or candy <laughs> you were there for a conference uh tell us about the conference tell us what the conference was and then tell us a little bit about the conference so it was the ccef conference national conference which is a christian counseling educational fund they do a national conference every year on the east coast since they're located in pennsylvania and they have a main topic on counseling that they want to go over uh, so this year was the topic of wisdom mm. from the old testament uh, literature. So they wanted to go through the Old Testament wisdom books mm-hmm. and bring out themes uh, from Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, nice. Song of Solomon, wow. which was really well done, I thought, and okay. made me think. Um, so now, is that set up like most other conferences? You have some plenary sessions, and then you've got the breakout seminars? Yep. Yeah, about six of those uh, uh, main sessions, okay. and then you have options for the breakout hours. Most of the people are all from uh, you know, CCEF. They are counselors um, as their jobs, and they're also professors, some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they bring a main speaker in. Um, just to do a couple sessions, but they pretty much do a majority of the teaching. So it's not the main person who's doing a lot. They'll do two sessions, but everybody else is contributing. And who was that main speaker? So this year they brought in Dane Orland, nice. um, which we appreciate from his books that he's written mm-hmm. lately. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was very encouraging. Uh, he, he was very funny, uh, oh, okay. very joyful in his preaching. Nice. Uh, in his teaching, uh, 
you know, who just burst out in laughter. Uh, oh, just it just comes out of them like the laughter movement kind of laughter. No, no, barking in the spirit or something, <laughs> just joy from his oh, okay. heart. Joy from, good. Okay. <laughs> and he did make comments and he did a little Q and A and and you know people were going to ask him about the book and he's like I've heard it all about all of my theology and that so yeah okay <laughs> um, nice and yeah. uh, favorite kind of new little nugget that you got or I'm mean, sure there's tons but anything that you could think of that you just man that was so good to get the way they brought out wisdom so often we think of, or I think of wisdom as you're a wise person, you know how to apply knowledge, you know the scriptures and know how to apply it to life. But what they brought out is the way wisdom works. It's like wisdom is patient. Wisdom is understanding. They were bringing these attributes of how wisdom is applied to our lives, not just the uh, stuff in our head, nice. but how do we actually apply it to life? And they were very transparent this year. Hmm. which I appreciate even Ed Welch was very transparent and you got to see the reality of real people with real struggles. They don't have it all together, hmm. not talking down to us, but walking alongside of us saying we need this wisdom too for our lives. So that's why I always like this conference. Nice. I always leave with more tools mm -hmm. uh, uh, to use, but I always feel like I know less after I leave them. Like I really <laughs> haven't thought through this as much as I should have. So, you know, that, that's a, I, I will say it this way. That, that really is, I think, a sign of wisdom, uh, Roger, when you are coming to grips with the fact that you don't know everything and there is so much more to know. I think uh, wisdom is so contrary to pride and mm -hmm. it's so, it has so much in common with humility. And so it doesn't shock me that as you're studying it, you're going, yeah. man, I just don't know enough. Um but I know the one who does. Mm -hmm. So we're grateful for that. I'm sure we could do a whole session on what you learned at, yes. at the conference. And so maybe we will do that at some point. But we've arrived at the fifth article of the London Baptist Confession of Faith. And it's a, I mean, they're all important, mm -hmm. but it's an important one. Uh, as I mentioned, we, we kind of started off this podcast looking at this topic uh, a few, couple years back. So I don't even remember when it was, 2020 that we started? I think so, so it was Providence that it started in a way. <laughs> if you think about the pandemic, mm -hmm. we were at home. We were, you were, we were doing church, live streaming, doing mm -hmm. some here. <clears throat> and then we had talked about doing a podcast for years. I remember in elder meetings, we're like, oh, we should do a podcast. Yep. You know, we talk <laughs> a lot in our meetings. We're like, oh, this would be helpful. Yep. And then the pandemic happened. Yeah. And we're like, why don't we do it right now? It makes sense where we can do it from home. Mm -hmm. We have the technology. Let's just start it. And I remember we had that one phone call and we just did it. But it was yeah. God's providence, of course, of absolutely opening the right doors. Yeah. And and look, there's some there's more providence here, uh, Roger. We're no longer sitting in our own mm -hmm. homes on our desks, you know, doing it remotely. Uh we're we're face to face and I think it's I like it better this way. I don't know about you. Do yeah. you prefer it when we're in person this way? It's easier. So when we're interrupting each other, we can actually see that <laughs> we're doing. <laughs> you're behind it's the true. Camera. It really is. <laughs> it helps with those little glitches. Yeah. Well, here we are. Chapter five, or excuse me, I don't remember. Yeah, article five. We're always article and then paragraph. That's what we're going to go with. Okay. So we're in article five, uh, divine providence, and let's let's start with. Paragraph one, I'm going to go ahead and read that. Uh, 
God, the good creator of all things, in his infinite power and wisdom, upholds, directs, arranges, and governs all creatures and things from the greatest to the least by his perfectly wise and holy providence to the purpose for which they were created. He governs according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and unchangeable counsel of his own will. His providence leads to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, infinite goodness, and mercy. And I just want to say at the end, blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, we're done. Is there anything <laughs> more to add? And now worship that God. <laughs> it is good. It is good. So we're looking at this, and this is, again, they're, they're setting it up because mm-hmm. they are going to go into how many paragraphs eventually? Seven. Yeah, that's a big one. That's one of the longer ones. Mm-hmm. So seven paragraphs they're going to get into, <clears throat> but they're laying out some of the key kind of foundational realities of this doctrine of providence. What in that first kind of section there stands out to you? I find it interesting that they add the attribute of God's goodness before him being the creator. So he's God, the good creator of all things, Mm -hmm. establishing not just God is this creator, but he's good. Yeah. And I think we struggle with, we, we've talked about that before, struggling with the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. When we go through difficulties, sufferings, all of that, we struggle. Um, but they begin by setting up our understanding of he's a good creator of all things, which must mean what he's created is also what's good. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because we're talking about um, all of life, really, mm-hmm. right? Like you mentioned, suffering, uh, they're going to talk about all, it says at some point, he says, um, uh, all creatures and things from greatest to least. We're talking about everything here Mm -hmm. under the watchful eye of God. And we we need to keep in mind his goodness. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, everything changes. Um, and we have trouble thinking of God as good. I think you mentioned that too. So, so he's a good creator. That's an important part. What else jumps out in that first section? So again, infinite power mm-hmm. and wisdom. So not only is he good, but he also needs to be powerful. Yeah. And not just powerful. He's infinitely powerful as if powerful wasn't enough because <laughs> he's, he's a creator, but infinite. Right. There is no ending to his power yep. and wisdom. Yeah. And that wisdom is so important because, again, we're, we're talking about all of life and him governing everything and mm-hmm. in doing so in a way that brings about that which is good. Um, and, you know, so often we look at things and we're like, I don't understand how it's going to work out for good. And then we yeah. look back later on and we're like, wow, if that hadn't happened, mm-hmm. this couldn't have happened. And, you know, well, well God is the infinitely powerful, but also infinitely wise God who's, who's uh, taking care of all these things. Reminds me of, you know, the Rome, Romans eight twenty eight about how God works all things mm-hmm. for the good. Mm-hmm. Often our definition of what we think is good is different mm-hmm. from what God sees as good. And sometimes in his goodness, it's painful, right? What's yeah. good for us is it hurts. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that for just a second. I know we'll get more into yeah. it, but sometimes I think that our the reason our definition is so different than God's is because our time frame is so different than God's. Mm-hmm. 
We, we expect good or what we think is good right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, and, and you see that in children too. They, they're, they're a lot more uh, impatient. It has to happen now. They can't see the long-term goals. Yeah. And in our case as finite beings, I think that sometimes we, we might not even be so off as to what God's intention is. Our, our timing may be what is really off, though. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah. Just something to think about. But um, notice in, in the, the confession, it says, you know, in his infinite power and wisdom, he upholds, directs, arranges, and governs all things. So it's upholds, so keeps it, mm-hmm. he sustains it, right? He directs it. He gives it direction. He's got a purpose. It's going somewhere. There's a telos. He arranges. So he's putting the pieces of the puzzle, <laughs> you know, together. And then he oversees it or he governs. Yeah. I think all of those are so important to think about. Yeah. Because it's not just this God is sovereign. God right. is in control. Right. They're fleshing out what does it mean mm-hmm. that he is sovereignly in control of everything and through his divine providence what does that actually look like and it's encompassing all of life yeah not just one aspect of god's providence but all and it says creatures that he's created and all things which he's created everything Mm -hmm. from the greatest to the least Mm -hmm. you think about there's no important detail that god has forgotten or that god doesn't oversee in this world now imagine i mean not to be silly or anything but just think about what that means with regard to just things that we could see, like the small things that we mm-hmm. can see. Every ant, <laughs> every mosquito, every you know, yeah, every single creature, he is upholding, he is directing, arranging, and governing. Every single one, and you know, you might have just dealt with an ant infestation. I don't know, but that wasn't outside of God's mm-hmm. providential governance. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy thought. I mean, then when you get into things that we can't even see, yeah. molecules, atoms, et cetera, I mean, they're, you're like, whoa. Uh, Sproul used to always say, what, not one maverick yeah. molecule, yeah. right? <laughs> I love that, maverick molecule. Yeah. So he says, okay, he continue. They continue. By his perfectly wise and holy providence to the purpose for which they were created. That's hard to understand the purpose of all of creation mm. we know why you know we know why we were created to give glory to god mm-hmm. back to him creation gives glory back to him but there's also more purposes than just that one purpose mm-hmm. and sometimes those purposes aren't understandable to us yeah i mean i i i think maybe we could say that the the purpose all of all of those things is the glory of god but in achieving the glory of God, there are all these additional purposes yeah. as well. And they they are how God is glorified, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our growth, our learning, our sanctification, our maturing, our learning to trust him, all these things. And all these creatures play a role. You know, all of his, you know, uh, like we said, his... His guidance and directing yeah. leads to, 
mean, you think about what Paul says in Romans eight, you know, very close to the, you know, all things work together for good. What's he doing? He's conforming us to the image of the son. What in your life, Roger, has been used in sanctifying you? I said it. <laughs> I said when I first got married, okay. learned how unsanctified it was. Well, mm-hmm. We know we're sanctified in Christ. We're you know set apart. Sure. So sanctification is mm-hmm. something that's already, but not yet. It's already been done done mm-hmm. by God, but He's progressively uh, doing it in our lives. Mm-hmm. And marriage was a great tool for it. Mm-hmm. And then I had kids, and I reversed all my sanctification. <laughs> Um, yeah, amen. But, but marriage, mm-hmm. kids, work, mm-hmm. sufferings, trials, and tribulations, yep. family members, what they're going through, um, all of life. There hasn't been anything I think that's been wasted, even though I don't always like going through them. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that was very helpful for me, I didn't know at the time, was the first church I was involved with Mm. after seminary that was more on a regular basis when I served, you know, and I was at a church that, um, was around for many years and theologically we differed and there were many trials that weren't brought on because I had, you know, uh, done anything to instigate them, but it was already there and it was brought and it was surprised by what was coming yeah and then my flesh comes out and it it humbled me yeah in many ways i mean so imagine so your relationships are doing this your place of employment but also your place of ministry is being used by god Mm -hmm. um, for a purpose not one thing that you've gone through was without purpose that's what the doctrine of providence tells Mm -hmm. us not one thing uh, the Lord isn't taking a vacation at some point going, yeah, okay, you just go on for your, on your own for a little while. Yeah. No, there's a direction, there's purpose. And that's so mm-hmm. helpful, particularly, I think, for those who are suffering uh, because they can at least, they, they may not see it in the moment, but they can trust or, or at least try to trust yeah. that God is using this for something. He's got a purpose even in the struggle that they're enduring. Yeah. Um, goes on. He governs according to now. So he, he, we know the first part is he, he does all these. He governs all things. The second part is he does this. How according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and unchangeable counsel of his own will. So um, what's conditioning God's providential governing and directing his own will. And not man. And I, and I wonder if they were pushing back against other doctrines that would teach, you know, a foreknowledge of God mm-hmm. reacts to what he sees his creatures doing because he knows ahead of time he reacts. There's, you know, a, you know, Armenian view of he knows that you're going to choose right. him, so therefore he says, or he foresees these actions rather mm-hmm. than seeing foreknowledge as foreknowing uh, all people and things. But mm-hmm. They're pulling back and saying, no, he's free, and he's doing it according to his own will, not in reaction to anything that we yeah. do or that creation does. And that that uh, understanding that reality is hard because he knows everything yeah. already. 
he he knows he he decrees and i think we did we already look at decree or is that the next chapter no we did that previously did that. yeah all right good uh, so we, oh, yeah that's right <laughs> article three um so he he decrees and he so he knows that which he's going to decree and it's grounded in the counsel of his own will his own purpose which gives us confidence that it's like you said they started with the goodness of god the creator mm-hmm. Right. So we're looking at his attributes, his character. And then this is saying, and by the way, he governs all things according to his own character. He's not manipulated. He's not, you know, changed and mutable based on what other people are going to do. And therefore, no, this is the the sovereign God who is also providentially guiding yeah. and, and governing. Um, the, the next part says his providence leads to the praise of the glory of of his wisdom, power, justice, infinite goodness, and mercy. I think they could have listed more things probably there. (laughs) Um, But you get the point what they're saying, right? They're saying, yeah, this is, it's leading to his glory, but it's not just his glory in this general sense. I think this is what you were getting at. Like, it's not just he's glorified. Yes, that's true, but it's a very kind of specific ways in which he's glorified. He's glorified and made, you know, brilliant and great and uh, worthy of worship in his wisdom Mm -hmm. because we go, wow, who else could have maneuvered and guided in such a way? His power, there's not one maverick molecule. His justice, in the end, there will be perfect justice. There will be no sin unaccounted for. Mm -hmm. That's crazy to think about. Right there's it will be perfectly just in every way. Either Christ is going to have mm-hmm. paid for our sins, or someone we're going to pay for our own sins. Every sin will be accounted for, and then infinite goodness and mercy, um, just that that gracious kindness of the Savior being used to to bring Him glory. Mm-hmm. And we find all of it fulfilled in Christ, right, in his divine providence, directing all of the events Mm -hmm. up to that, to every single detail of what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Even Christ says it's not until the time is right right. that he actually goes to the cross. Nothing stops it, even though there's powerful leaders trying to bring charges, and nothing got past him. Yeah. And then he fulfilled it all. But, But it didn't end there. It's not as if God's done. No. You know, now he's he's still involved in all of our lives, both in the lives of believers and unbelievers. His providence is not leaving anything under his creation as if he's not in control. So when we see the chaos of this world and think yeah. what in the world is going on, we can rest easy knowing, no, God is still providentially leading mm-hmm. in wisdom that we cannot understand. And there's no better place to look than the cross of Christ Mm -hmm. to give us confidence, right? The cross of Christ, no human being would come up with this plan. Okay. Mm -hmm. That the, the, the son of God, the, the logos, the second person takes on flesh, lives the perfectly righteous life, dies this horrific death Mm -hmm. and rises from the dead. Why? So that justice and mercy can meet on that cross. That's why Paul talks about how the, the, Greeks would laugh at that. They'd scoff yeah. at that, right? So so would the Jews. It's, it just doesn't make sense. Messiah that dies and a resurrected person? Come on. None of this makes sense. Yeah. But the wisdom 
of God uh, is to be praised. Um, we get so caught up in these paragraphs here, uh, Roger. Should we make an attempt to? I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna. We're gonna have to wrap it up. Actually, I'm looking at the time going. Let's stop here, and then we'll come back uh, next time for uh, hopefully more than just one paragraph. But any last thoughts on this paragraph here? I think a good way to summarize this is they reference verses in scripture throughout the confession as they're going through these. Mm -hmm. And one of the references is back to Psalm 135, 6, Mm -hmm. that says, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. Amen. Amen. That is a great way to wrap this up. And again, Psalm 135, 6, maybe our people can uh, memorize that and, and keep that in mind. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this uh, brief discussion on paragraph one of uh, Article 5, Divine Providence of the London Baptist Confession, and we hope you will join us again next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff Podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.